How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Shared Stadium Podcast, where we're here to talk about the Greenville Triumph, USL League One, soccer supporters culture, and everything in between. This is episode number one. We thank you for joining us, and we're going to start by telling you a little bit about ourselves. Uh, my name is Joseph Bright. Uh, I have been a fan of soccer ever since I was eh, 12, 13 years old. Played as a kid, played through high school, played a little bit in college. Um, and have been a fan of U.S. soccer and soccer in general ever since. Uh, my English club is Chelsea. My uh, MLS team is Atlanta United. And um, I'm a big supporter of the Greenville Triumph and the Reedy River Riot. Uh, and I am joined by my podcast partner, Brock Elder. Brock, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. Good evening. Glad to be here, man. This is fun. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. So, yeah, similar to you, uh, lifelong soccer supporter, I started playing at a very young age. Uh, I think where I found my passion for the game was when my uh, my dad, my uncle, took me to the World Cup in 94, and I got to watch the USA play against Switzerland and Detroit. Um, after that, you know, it was just a, a, just a full-blown passion for the game. Always wanted to be around it, always wanted to be playing, similar to you. Uh, ended up playing in college and just uh, stuck with it keep playing today just you know mostly for fun um stay active love being involved with the reedy river riot american outlaws going to the games uh, i've got a little girl now she kind of kind of plays um but anything i can do to be involved with the game and i guess that's kind of why we're here too uh keep spreading that soccer love and everything going on with the usl league one and uh the awesome things happening with the greenville triumph so yeah man here we are See, personally, I'm jealous because at World Cup 94, they didn't have any games in the South. I think they had some games in Texas. They had games in Florida. But if you grew up in South Carolina like I did, there was no game I could drive to, you know, I mean, or that my parents could even drive to that was within a reasonable distance. So, I mean, I'm jealous of anyone that got to go to World Cup 94. Um, I think I started playing shortly thereafter. Um, my first World Cup that I vividly remember, though, was 98. Um, I don't know why I have like a weird memory of sitting in like my parents' van as we're going on some road trip, watching over-the-air television, um, and it was France versus Brazil, and France wins the World Cup, and you know Zidane is playing, and I don't know, it's just, it's stuck in my head. Um, I was playing at the time, uh, and so that's kind of really where I fell in love with watching the game. Yeah, that's awesome, and and that's funny, you know, how that happens with the game and connects you to certain memories you know i when i think back to uh, uh to 98 I, I remember my dad taking us on this vacation down to destin florida uh, and i went bungee jumping for the first time and i kept trying to sneak back into the condo to watch games and it's just crazy to think how long ago that was and you know i didn't know a lot of kids my age that were that crazy about it. Like I had a paper route and I used to save my money to buy soccer jerseys from uh, Eurosport that were never my size and still barely fit me today. So it's just crazy how, how it, um, how it, you know, how it finds us and where we go with it. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, where I fell in love with the premier league, um, my first premier league team was Leeds United. Uh, it sounds kind of weird, but for whatever reason, uh, the English premier league was originally on a, an old channel on cable called fox sports world oh yeah i remember uh, that fox yeah fox sports world showed anything and everything that was outside the u.s that was sports you could watch like 
you know, they showed English soccer, they showed Gaelic football, Aussie rules football, rugby. If it was a weird sport, like it was the Wild World of Sports channel. And it was great. And so, for whatever reason, this was probably 99, 2000. They just happened to show a few Leeds United games. And so I was like, all right, I like this team in white. Um, and then shortly thereafter, they, you know, the year I was in England, they got relegated. Uh, my roommate at the time was a big Chelsea fan, and I just kind of fell into that groove. I happened to catch that wave right as it was, you know, on the way up, and I've not gotten off since. It's been a good year for me. Very cool. Yeah, my, my grandfather's Italian, and uh, back when they used to show they used to show AC Milan and Inter Milan pretty regularly on that Fox Soccer channel. Mm-hmm. So my brother became an Inter Milan fan. I became an AC Milan fan. We kind of had that rivalry. And then, you know, it was hard not to like the Manchester United with Sir Alex and of course. the Arsenal, um, you know, when they were just – had that stud team and yeah, I mean, when they had Burkamp, they had Henri. I mean, they they were they were awesome. I mean, th- so that much was a great fun team. to watch. Yeah, 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 for sure. But um, Everton, you know, Everton kind of always had a place for me. I, I liked that blue collar mentality they had. Um, I liked Cahill. Uh, I liked Arteta. Of course, I liked Tim Howard. And you know, when Donovan was there for a short stint, I really liked the way Moyes uh, just had had that team going and. Yeah, uh, eventually when I got to college, I my my head coach was a Liverpool fan, and it was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from when he recruited me turned into a totally different person when I got there. <laughs> uh, and then when I you know I knew the kind of that hatred between uh, Liverpool and Everton, so that just kind of threw me over the edge, and I just became a full blown Everton supporter since then. So that's Out how of that pure happened. Spite. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, don't trust anybody with the name recruiter uh, in their title or in their job <laughs> description. I don't care if it's soccer, military, whatever. They're going to say what they need to say to get you in the building. That's the truth, man. So I guess before we jump um, you know, into the uh, Triumph-related things and whatnot, um, I do want to give a shout-out to uh, some people that have kind of helped with this process as, as we decided we want to start doing this. So some Omaha guys, uh, Nolan Stewart. Luke Operman, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and Riley Martin uh, just kind of gave me some you know, information on what they were doing with their podcast with uh, Omaha and, and the parliament group that they're part of. And, you know, I, you prob- I know you probably know those guys maybe better than I do um, from previous uh, visits and experiences. But I just really want to say thanks. They helped us with the logo and or help. Yeah, they helped us with the logo and a few other things. And then uh, our own D- Josh, DJ Skrilla. Uh, who's going to hook us up with some tunes. So thank you all very much. Really appreciate the support. Yeah, the uh, the Omaha guys, I guess I was kind of their like, unofficial chaperone slash guide for the weekend they were here for Greenville. So uh, good guys. Um, it's all fun. Good guys to hang out with, you know, the day before the game, day of the game. You know, you hate them for 90 minutes, and then it's all cool again. So, yeah, yeah, Omaha guys, good good people. The rivalry is fun because the fans are respectful, you know. Yeah, and I never got to uh, meet them when they came the first time. So, you know, when everything started happening with the banter and the asterisk and all that online, I was like, man, forget these guys, you know, because I really didn't know them that well. So I just felt like I was getting antagonized. And I was like, damn, these guys are crazy. (laughs) So that was was the funny part about it. When the banter really started kicking off, um, everybody else, I think, in League One Twitter or whatever – thought that it was this big, serious thing. And uh, I think uh, one of the Omaha guys said they were calling it like El Petico 
because we were just like taking petty shots at each other. Uh, not realizing that like they're not in on the joke. Like the supporters sections are in on the joke. We like each other. We respect each other. When Omaha set up their supporters group, you know, they came to some of us in the riot, you know, to ask how we did things. And I mean, we don't do things the same all the way around, but just to kind of get input. So, uh, you know, we've, we've been cool with those guys from day one uh, and not everybody was in on the joke. Yeah. They're all awesome. And, uh, got to participate in the supporters, uh, friendly that we had. And we actually put it up as our picture. I don't know if it'll stay forever, but it's there now. Um, our little group photo of both of us, uh, probably, I don't know if that was before or after halftime or whenever we did that. that, Yeah, it was before the game, before the game. So lots of fun, man. I really enjoyed that and thought that was a really cool thing that we had going on. And you probably, I don't know how many other clubs around the world or even here in the States, uh, are doing things like that, but I thought it was a special moment. Um, and you know, I really respect, the respect them and that's it's not an easy trip you know to take from omaha to greenville and invest the time and the resources to to do something like that and and support a club that a lot of people would say you know in third division united states is kind of irrelevant but you know it's special to us and i really think the uh the usl's got got some cool things going and i'm just happy to be a part of it right now so Oh, for sure. Awesome I, I really feel like I'm getting it on the ground floor of something special, you know, really. And that's how I felt from, from day one with the riot, you know, when they announced the team, when we announced the supporters group, I was like, all right, you know, this is something that I, I hope outlives me, you know, that we can look back 10, 20 years when we've got gray hair and bad backs and we're sitting around, you know, drinking a beer going, man, like remember 20 years ago, like when we got all this stuff started, how cool was that? You know, and that's really why you do it. You know, you want to build a community. You want to build a passion for the game. And that's part of what started this podcast. Yeah, um, man. Well, you know, well said. We're going to talk about Greenville Triumph, obviously. We're going to talk about the league as a whole, you know, because you can't talk about the team without putting it in the context of the greater league. Uh, we're going to talk about supporters culture because, you know, it's not just us who are, are supporting our team and doing things, you know, the perfect way. There's other, you know, clubs that are going to be doing cool stuff and we want to highlight that, um, you know, and give them some love. We're going to talk about U.S. soccer uh, because I feel like we're at the start of something very special with that and that's going to deserve a lot of attention. Um, and then, you know, we're just going to talk about anything else uh, soccer related, whether that be European. we got the Euros coming up. Uh, we'll have the Olympics, hopefully hopefully coming up here in a month or two mm-hmm. um and, and you know we'll eventually hopefully have the world cup and you know we'll kind of tag all that in as well yeah man perfect that was great lead into everything so uh real quick quick uh quick take on the the usa mexico game so i uh my daughter's birthday you know the game actually ran into monday morning so uh that was my daughter's birthday she turned eight uh, I decided I was just going to hang out at the house. We kind of had a busy weekend where we traveled to North Carolina to hang out with my parents. So I uh, kind of locked myself in a room at the house so I wouldn't wake everybody up. And I will never forget where I was sitting, what was going on. Um, you know, I tried not to be on my phone too much. I was really invested in in that, that match. And there was some conversations I was having with people, mostly at halftime, about, you know, different players on the on the on the pitch and uh you know Burhalter how he set everything up and just all the craziness that was going on and man I'm telling you I will never forget this USA Mexico game it was just 
a hell of a game, and I'm so glad that I didn't fall asleep or decide not to watch it or, you know, just anything like that. It was just uh, a memorable moment. And I know somebody like, you know, you and I know Matt Eason who was there at the game. So just incredible, man. Just incredible. Flat out, if a script writer had taken the script for this game to a director and said, this is my idea for a soccer movie, the director would have thrown it in his face and said, "It's not re- it, that's not realistic. <laughs> that would never happen. Uh, this game was absolutely bananas. I mean, it had everything. You had, you know, the quick goal to go down. You had the U.S. battling back. You know, uh, every time Mexico threw a punch, the U.S. immediately threw the counter punch. I mean, it was tooth and nail. It was chippy. You know, uh, from the 85th minute on, it just went absolutely off the rails. It was the concacafiest game I've ever seen. You know, you've got guys making two-footed tackles that don't get cards. You've got the fans, you know, the Mexico fans, unfortunately, doing what the Mexico fans have been known to do, mm-hmm. causing stoppages, throwing things onto the field. You've got Mexico fans hitting U.S. players with debris. You've got Mexico fans hitting Mexico players with debris. <laughs> um, after move of the match was Jordan Sibichu or uh, P-Fox, sorry. Uh, P-Fox seeing the water or the cup coming to him and just kind of giving it the matrix and it hits the Mexico player right in the head. <laughs> yeah. um, just I, head on a swivel for, uh, for P-Fox. It was a fantastic play. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got penalties given and, and I was at society with, with American outlaws, Greenville and a lot of the riot people, uh, the place was packed. Upstairs, downstairs, packed. We had a nice little contingent of Mexican fans sitting right beside us. Great people. Um, you know, when we got the penalty, I'll have to say, the first thing I said to the to the Mexican fans I was sitting beside was, I don't want to win this way. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of a dubious call. It was tight. It was a penalty because, I mean, you know, just because you got the ball didn't mean you also fouled the player. Uh, but, you know, you didn't want such a tight game to end that way. Uh, but as soon as Mexico got awarded the penalty, all bets are off. You know, we had That's our right. shot. Now it's your time. Cash it in. Make the 90% shot, which is roughly what a penalty is. We'll take it to PKs and we'll sell it from there. Um, and then Horvath just rips open the goalkeeper jersey. There's a giant S on his chest. He's in his hometown in front of his family, his mama and daddy, and just makes the penalty save of his life. Uh, the whole bar goes nuts. Uh, it, that was a truly... To me, because I didn't go to the semifinal game that was also held there. Uh, for me, it felt like two... Actually, going all the way back to 2018, it, it felt like about three years worth of release. You know, of just getting to finally support my team again. Mm-hmm. You know, because the U.S. had gotten knocked out. I didn't get the chance to support them in the World Cup. You know, and everything from then on out was just kind of eh. You know, it was meaningless. Until we qualify for the World Cup again, there's no hope. You know, we've got the kids, but whatever. Um, So getting to see that game, getting to see him lift the trophy really felt like, all right, my team's back. The fandom's back. The people are back. Like, the U.S. is back. You know, write it down. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had, uh, I guess the last real moments I can think of for me was, you know, Tim Howard for the Belgium game and, you know, Confederations Cup when they had that nice run. Over Spain. Uh, nice run. They they were the last team to beat Spain before they won the World Cup. Yeah, man. And then you, you know, know they really had Brazil. They were up two nothing on Brazil. 
There, right. there was a point in time that the whole like galaxy nearly imploded because we were beating Brazil two nothing. And then obviously, I think the last real moment, you know, where I just probably the Donovan, you know, uh, Algeria game, right? So that goal goes in, and I just go nuts. I'll never forget that moment as well. I'll tell you. So I grew up in Spartanburg, not a soccer town. Uh, that game was crazy, you know, because it started, what, about 9.30, 10 in the morning, if I remember correctly? I'm not 100% sure. I know that I was just starting to date my wife, and we went to Myrtle Beach together, and uh, I told her that we had to go in and watch the, the match because we were out on the beach. So I can't, I don't really remember. I just know it was, a, you know, a daytime thing. I, I remember it being in the morning. There was one bar in town that was open. Uh, it was Delaney's Irish Pub. When the game starts, there's me and like two other people in there. As the game builds and it gets a little later in the day, people start filtering in. And by about the 80th minute, the bar was full. Like guys were coming in on their lunch break. You know, people were in suits, you know, business attire, you know, to catch the end of the game. And when Donovan scored, I don't think anybody else went into work that or went back into work. Like the (laughs) beers were flying, you know, we were taking shots. It was... You know, it went from being three guys and the bartender to being like 60 people in this Irish pub in Spartanburg, South Carolina. You know, and like I said, I don't, a lot of those guys were still there at 2, 3, you know, 3 in the afternoon when I left. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, that that's definitely an all-timer moment. Love it, man. Good stuff. So, uh, you want to go ahead and jump into this upcoming Triumph game we've got? Uh, yes, Sunday. Greenville Triumph at North Texas SC in Globe Life Park, former home of the Texas Rangers. Um, this game, I don't know about you, this game scares the crap out of me. Uh, for one, it's we haven't played in a couple weeks. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when you're hot and, and we, I felt like we were on a good roll, you always worry about rest. You know, rest is good for the body, but it's bad for the momentum. Um, so I'm worried about a road game after having a couple weeks off against a team that, frankly, we mollywopped. The last time we played them, North Texas had nothing for us uh, when they played us in Greenville. But you know, now it's at their place. Haven't played in a couple weeks. I'm afraid if North Texas gets up early, that we're going to struggle to get our feet under us. How do you right. feel? Yeah, I mean they've got a solid squad. I I was looking over some lineup stuff from the last time, or you know, from when we played, and you know, I know they've got one guy that got called up. Uh, to the Dallas squad, so he's not there anymore. You know, one thing about North Texas is, you know, and it, it may just be something because of the uh, the development of the league, right? So we've got teams like North Texas who are affiliated with an MLS club. Uh, of course, they want to win trophies. You know, they beat us in the final the first season, but I think ultimately player development and getting these players uh, moved up you know, to MLS and beyond, like the one, uh, who was it? Gosh, I should know this. Uh, got called up by the national team and getting looked at by... Uh, oh, that's Justin Che. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Che. Right, right. So, you know, getting looked at by Bayern Munich. So, you know, there's a lot of cool things happening there. Uh, you might not always see the same consistency in the lineups, but all in all, I mean, from what I'm looking over, a lot of 20-year-olds in that roster. Um, yeah, man, I... They're definitely a squad that you can't take lightly, no matter how bad you beat them or where they stand in the table, because everybody on that team is has really got something to prove and you know trying to get up to the next level. 
Right. And I mean, the FC Dallas Academy speaks for itself. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's whether it's Pepe, whether it's Chris Richards, Che, you know, uh, you've got guys. If you're in that academy, they at least have seen something in you. So you've got talent. Um, the thing about young teams, and you saw it in like Fort Lauderdale last year. You're going to see it in North Carolina, I think, this year. When yeah, you have a young, young team, squad. yeah, the talent is there, but the consistency isn't. You know, those young teams will get beat for nothing. But if they, if you catch them on the right day and that talent is, is, is there that day, they can get, they'll get you for nothing too. Right. And um, they did get a, a red in the 76th. And uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, they actually favored in possession, I think by around 51% for that match. That's going to, I think that's more on Hark's system though. We do play, uh, we don't completely lay back. But we listen, we'll let you dribble the ball, you know, in the middle third of the park all day long, mm-hmm. as long as we have the lead. You know, uh, I, you know, we're very, we stay very organized. And Hark's a real testament to the job that our coaching staff has done is it, it doesn't matter the game, it doesn't matter the opponent, that defense, that back four, those, you know, defensive midfielders are in shape, they're organized, they're at their position. And they're going to make it hard for you. If you score against us, you do have to work for it. Um, you know, we don't give up a lot of cheap goals. And so that's what makes us very difficult to play against for a younger team. Because we don't give you anything. You've got to earn it. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I feel like we've got a great thing going. You know, Harks is here for three seasons now. Um, you know, one thing I will say is... After last season, I wasn't really sure who was coming, who was going, what kind of setup we were going to be looking at. Uh, I, I think this team is, and I don't know how you feel, but gosh, I feel like we're in a better situation than we were last season. We got better. Um, and I think the proof is in the pudding. The guys that stayed have gelled more. I mean, losing a guy like Omar is going to be, he's going to be a hard guy to replace, but I think Don has done a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Um, when we signed him, I was like, oh, cool. We got Don Smart. He's going to be a bench player. You know, he's a guy that's a little further along in his career. You know, cool. Good squad depth. You know, we'll 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 make some use, you know, uh, of Don. Man, he's come on like a house of fire. He is a guy that is, he's out there running his butt off every single game. I have, I've been thoroughly impressed. And, you know, I, I was a big Jake Keegan guy. I know you were as well. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I hated to see him depart the club, but Mario's, He's player of the month for a reason. I mean, he's come in and just said, I'm going to score every game. Um, and you know what? It's hard to get beat when you score. So, uh, you know, Marius has been a, a critical part of the success of the team for the first month of the season. No, oh, yeah, he's tearing it up, man. And he uh, he's just very poised out there. You know, he brings that another level of confidence, I feel. And um, just, yeah, like you, man, happy to have him on the squad. Well, what the squad has done a good job of, you know, they brought in guys like Marios and Don who aren't just talented, they're professionals. You know, they bring a certain mentality, they bring a certain work ethic that, for one, really gels well with this team because that is a, to me, that's a trademark of our side. You know, yeah, we nice. are we are a professional squad. That's um, a great way to put it. So they, they fit in very well with the club in that regard. But, you know, when you've got talent mixed with that professionalism, you know, you're going to get a lot more consistency week in, week out, which is what we need. Mm-hmm. So I think I think North Texas is coming off of a, a draw with Toronto as their last game, if I'm not right, mistaken. Right, which is a team that's been, they've been up and down, but they've they put it on a couple people. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I th- and you know what? I think that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, our neighbors down in the south of Georgia um, are on a two-game winning streak, I believe. They Tormenta are. Is. Yeah, they are. And they are. They just knocked off Toronto and uh, Chattanooga. So, you know, kudos to them. Uh, it's nice to see. Nice to see they've got some good things going. I always enjoy the trip down there. It was kind of, uh, I mean, we just had a great time. It, it was really cool. The owner came out and spoke to us. The last time I went there was the first ever USL one uh, game in history. So, you know, just a special time to go down there. Really enjoy it. Um, if anybody hasn't gone down there from Greenville, highly recommend it. I'll, that would be me. I've, I've yet, I've yet to go down there. I will take anybody in my vehicle that wants to go um, for another game. So my problem was up until you know this last game, I was living in Atlanta, and that, the, that's right. the drive the drive from Atlanta to Statesboro is actually a little further than the drive from Greenville to Statesboro. Um, so yeah, it's, I just wasn't able to make it work out work wise. So I think I'm going to try to go later in the season. Awesome, man. So I think that puts North Texas in, uh, what, eighth place. They got seven points from six, and we're sitting in second, uh, 13 points from five. Correct, but it's, I mean, that's a little of a misnomer. I mean, we're behind Omaha, but we played, we've got two games in hand. That's right. So, you know, even two draws and we're back on top of the table again. So, Yeah, man, so we'll see. We'll see how they come. Obviously, nobody likes to get beaten 4-0. Uh, they're going to come to play, man, and there's For no sure. doubt about it. For sure. And then, I mean, after that, we have a North Carolina FC next home game. Uh, Wednesday, the is it the 17th, 16th? I'm actually, unfortunately, going. That's going to be the first home game um, I've missed in a while. Uh, same, actually. I, I will be at the beach on vacation. Oh, man, I wish I could say the same. I have a work function, and I'm really pissed about it because the guy, the boss man just scheduled it last week. And I tried Aww. to get out of it, uh, but one of the other guys has a family reunion on Thursday. So, you know, he I didn't want to lie. And uh, the family reunion, yeah. unfortunately, trumped the soccer game. For sure, for sure. But, I mean, North Carolina, they're in last place. But, I mean, that's a young squad. You know, I think they only re-signed, what, three or four of their professional players from last season when they dropped leagues and then just filled everything with their academy. They let Marios go, and we know mm-hmm. what kind of talent he is. Um, so, you know, they're, they're going to be scrappy. They're going to be tough, young. Um, it's at home. I think we pull that one out, though. No doubt about it. I would say they've got, what, they've conceded quite a few goals. I think they've only had one clean sheet. Um Leading goal scorer. Looks like he's got three and five, 18-year-old. Uh, so we'll see how he does there. And that's in a midfielder. Yeah, he, really he's looked. their only goal scorer, actually. They've got three yeah. goals on the season, and he's got them all. There you go. Yeah, you're, you're right on that. Thank you to FootMob for the quick info. <laughs> that's a great <laughs> app, man. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know... As someone who kind of follows a team about in every league, it's nice to be able to just ping everything to my favorites and just, all right, cool. How's, you know, how's Chelsea doing? How are the Triumph doing? How's the U.S. doing? You know, and you can just, all the information's right at hand. Big app. Love it. I don't really know too many people involved with NCFC other than um, Ebony, who is part of the American Outlaws. Um, Is that Ebony Christmas? Yeah, and I've gotten to know her pretty well through that. I know she's involved in one or two podcasts. Um 
I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I've got Ebony's great. Them. I remember I've met her a couple times through Outlaw stuff. She's she's really 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 good people. Yeah, so she I know she's heavily involved over there. Uh, we had some people go for the first game. I've never made it out there. I think I watched. I think I've been out there like one time for um, like a Akron Virginia NCAA final when um, my college roommate his brother played for Akron, and I went out there to watch him play. It's a beautiful park. Uh, quick update. United States women uh, do beat Portugal 1-0. Sam Mewis, goal in the 76th minute. Yeah, I saw that while we were talking. I got it kind of hanging on the back. I got to turn around to see it. But that was a lot closer than I thought it would be. I you know, haven't heard a lot out of Portugal with the women's side. Yeah, no, I haven't either. I mean, when you think of the, the premier women's teams, you're thinking more England. You're thinking, you know, Spain, the Netherlands, Germany. Brazil, Australia, you know, Canada as well. So, yeah, no, I haven't heard a lot from Portugal either. Hopefully their women's team's coming up. Want to see the game grow globally. So we've um, got we, yeah. we've got uh, just to transition real fast and kind of wrap it up on our, our triumph segment here. We've got, uh, I believe, NCFC still sitting in last place, right? Yep. Okay, so, yeah, that'll probably unfortunately be that way. After they play us as well, I, I would say so. That's, I mean, at some point you're just outgunned and you're on the road, so mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to be a comfortable one uh, for those of us who are pledging on the uh, the Pride Razor uh, for the Reedy River Riot. We're hoping for lots of goals, hoping to get lots of money donated for Upstate Pride. So uh, I think that's going to be a game where a lot of dollars going to come out of the pocket. Definitely, man. So that's a great uh, lead into just kind of what the riot's been doing. Um, there's, there's been a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Now, everybody had to deal with COVID in different ways, different States, different parts of the country. Um, you know, some of us, when we were able to go to triumph games, uh, you know, based on what we did for work or just different views on things that people had still had a pretty good presence, uh, in the stadium, but you know, that being that aside, being at the, at the games, um, and you're involved with the riot leadership, so you know you're involved in a lot of these conversations. But uh, I like to donate to everything they have going on. So, do you kind of just want to speak on the different things that the riot has done um, in terms of uh, different involvements with the community and these different groups that they've helped out? Um, so, for I'll, I'll speak to this month because that is the one that, that we're really pushing now. We've got a pride raiser going on uh, for June for Pride Month. Uh, a lot of us are, well, the pledge is you pledge X amount of money per goal, uh, that the Greenville Triumph score in the month of June. Um, personally, I did $8 and 64 cents. I believe Andrew did as well. The, uh, the president of the riot. Uh, so we're going eight, six, four for every goal, um, donated to upstate pride. Uh, so we have to make a big donation to those guys. Those are really good people. Um, we've done some, uh, fundraisers for them in the past. Uh, it's a great organization, and we're proud to associate with them. Nice man, you got me beat. I don't, I did five dollars. Yeah, I like the eight six four though. That's that's a nice touch. Uh, you know, we didn't make any kind of announcement on that. Honestly, the only reason I did it was I saw Andrew do it, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, <laughs> so that that might be something that we, you know, not it, not you know, require, but kind of say, hey, you know, donate eight six four for you know for Pride Month per goal. Um, so it might be something that we look at doing in the future as kind of something we push. No, that's very cool. And then just 
on my personal experience, uh, we're doing a fundraiser um, and a project here in Anderson with the Over Under Initiative and Kyle Martino. And we are raising some funds so we can revamp this park and get this court going on. Uh, if you guys don't know what Over Under Initiative is, check it out. There's a lot of really cool information there. And they're looking to partner with cities all over the United States. Uh, so you can reach out to them through that. Uh, there's tons of ways to get involved. You're more than welcome to reach out to me. Um, I can put you in touch with some folks. But anyway, the riot did an event raised a few hundred dollars for us so i'm greatly appreciative of that every little bit helps and uh you know this project is going to make a, a huge impact on the kids of this community which is the poorest community of anderson county and there really is nowhere for these kids to play so you know trying to get them out of the house areas they can walk to you know people a lot of these kids get wrapped up in the wrong things as they get older you know this helps build confidence. It helps build friendships. Just a lot of good things are going to come from this. So Anderson County is kind of dragging their feet the last few months. Um, so I need to get on about that. But we hope to break ground this summer and have this uh, project completed by early fall. So, again, thank you to the Riot, which I'm kind of I'm repping my 2021 member shirt right now. Love being a part of the group and uh, appreciate everybody who supported that uh, that fundraiser that day. Well, that's the great part about over-under because the beautiful part about soccer is it's not like football or baseball, uh, you know, where you need a lot of money invested in equipment and startup costs. You know, you just need a ball, you know, you need some space and you need something to set down for a goal. It can be shoes, you know, it can be an actual physical goal, you know, or it could be cones, whatever. You know, it, it doesn't take a lot to play so you know, as long as you've got the space, you can do it. And for over under to be able to come in and revamp a park and give people a place to to play the game, learn the game and enjoy the game is really special. So, yeah, we're we're very happy to work with you on it. Oh, yeah, man. Like you said, the hashtag is open play. Um, and for those who get involved with the American Outlaws, they've also done a lot and selected us as one of their projects that they donate to. And all that's made possible through pledges and the hashtag pledge 11. So if you are a part of the American Outlaws and you want to get involved with that, those funds go directly to projects like ours, and I can tell you that it makes a huge difference. So definitely something worth checking out. Absolutely. Um, um, so I guess from there, the big news this week, USL is going to uh, start a women's league. Yeah, man. That was a huge announcement. Did you kind of know anything about that? I know that um, the I Grinch was posted I was something told about it allegedly a couple of months ago to be on the lookout for an announcement of this sort. Um, I wasn't told we were going to have a team, but I was told that there may be an announcement coming where a team may be mentioned. <laughs> I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. Um, <laughs> so yes, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, be on the lookout for a women's league. Um, I'm super happy for it. I really, you know, when, Joe and Doug were talking on the the announcement show that that the league did. You know, Joe's absolutely right. This is a hotbed of women's soccer in the United States. Uh, you know, Clemson always has a competitive team. So does South Carolina, Furman, uh, College of Charleston, Coastal. You know, we have a lot of talent that plays college ball within, you know, a pretty close radius to here. Uh, so if we are able to give those girls a place to, 
to ply their trade in the offseason to get some some semi-professional experience to where they can make that next step. Uh, I think that it can only be good news for women's soccer as a whole, for Greenville, for the players. Uh, so I'm thrilled. Yeah, and uh, you know, for somebody like me as a young daughter, it gives them something to um, you know look up to, and uh, it gives these other women an opportunity for to, to advance their career. Um, it gives everybody involved with that game something more to strive for, something more to push towards. You know, it's like when these little guys and, and gals that come watch the triumph, you know, they're they're seeing professional players, and I know you. You know, just like me, right? When you're a kid, you look up to these people. Uh, it's a little different when you're our age and, and you're watching guys that are younger than you play soccer. And, you know, you're <laughs> the stark you're just there reminder because... that my peak has passed. Yes, yes. Exactly, yeah. right? But when you're these, <laughs> when you're these little folks, uh, it's like, wow, you know, I, I want to grow up and do that. I want to grow up and be like them. They're so cool. You know, they come over and they give you a high five and it's like you're talking about it for weeks and, you know, maybe you're grow up one day and you jump on a podcast like us and you're talking about how a moment like that, you know, drew your passion into the game and, and you took it and ran with it. So having for sure. that opportunity I, if for I were women, a 10, 11, 12 year old, you know, goalkeeper, which I was, you know, there's no doubt I'm rocking the headband. I'd have grown my hair out when I had it. Um, and I would have been Dallas J. So, I mean, yeah, for, <laughs> for, for young girls to get to have that opportunity, to make, you know, to to have role models and people they look up to, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, man, and big ups to the Triumph, you know, and I, I, I believe Tormenta and Chattanooga have a team. I didn't look at, I think there's eight teams. I, I didn't read through to see all eight teams, but I'm pretty sure the three of us uh, in USL1 have a women's team. And yeah, man, I mean, you know, that's, that's a lot for an organization to take on. I, I mean, I can't imagine that, you know, it's it's easy just to start up a USL one team and, and all the things that, you know, the Irwins have done and, and everybody that's been involved from from the front office. And, you know, I've got uh, what do they got? They've got um, when you're in co- what is it when you when you're in college and you're working for an organization basically for free? What is that called? Uh, intern, right? So I've yeah. got interns yeah. with the organization calling me trying to figure out ways to set up events and. It's just it's just great stuff, man. It's not easy. There's a lot of people behind the scenes working their butts off, and you know you throw in another project like this, and you got to have people in there that are passionate about it, that believe in it, that want to see a difference in the community, and they want to see they want to see soccer, man, and they want to see it grow and, and become bigger and better, and that opportunity to be out there for everybody. So again, big ups to all the teams that are going through with this and supporting it. Um, it's a beautiful thing for sure. And I mean, that press conference just reiterated to me that we have the best ownership. It may be in all of minor league soccer. Um, you know, the team's commitment to not just having a team, but to, you know, look for a women's coach that has ties to the area and wants to grow the game in the area and putting women in those leadership positions, I think is, is special. You know, it takes, you don't do that by accident. Like that's something you do on purpose. And you, you know, that takes foresight and thought. And so I really appreciate what Joe and Doug are doing with that. Yeah, man. And it's, you know, it's just crazy to think too, right? John Harks, John Harks, like, I I think I take for granted now that 
you know, I see the guy on a regular basis. I see him walking around downtown and, you know, before this, like I've had this world cup ticket sitting in this, in this uh, book or in my cave area or wherever I've moved around to, you know, it's always with me. And, uh, and it was like the opportunity. I remember when he had his announcement back in like 2018 and I got to meet him for the first time. And we got to talk about that experience at the world cup. And he was telling me his story about like being in the hotel room with Tony Miola and the OJ Simpson thing was happening. He's driving his Bronco down the highway and it was like i was like man i remember that i was trying to watch cartoons and it was like on every channel and it was just crazy right and it's and it was like wow like i just shared that moment with john harks and now it's like you know he knows our name he's 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 involved with the program he he believes in what's going on he's he's trying to build soccer you know from the grassroots up and it's it's just amazing man And, and it's it's all possible because like you said the ownership uh, you know, Chris Lewis, the president of the club, everybody involved, man, they just, yep. they want to make it happen and they keep pushing it and they keep striving for it. And here we are, you know, now we, we're, we're doing a little podcast and I think it's just going to continue to grow in a great way. And I'm really excited about it, man. Like it, you know, it, it's not like for, I'm for the Go riot. Ahead. Um, you know, we had our first meeting over zoom, uh, before the season started and, you know, we're coming off a rough year. Season got canceled. We haven't been able to to meet in person for games, to gather together. Um, you know, so so it was, you know, we won the championship, but as a group, it's been a tough year, you know, uh, you know, to do a lot of our, our interactions and everything either, you know, uh, online or at the very least socially distanced. And Harks got on our Zoom meeting, the first one that we had for the year. And we got a little pep talk. And by the end of it, you know, I'm ready to go. You know, season's going to start. This is going to be our best year. You know, uh, I'm psyched and ready to go. So, yeah, I mean, having, having Harks here has just been amazing. And then you got, like, the local tie, right? Like, Mr. Rick Wright, Mr. Anderson. He's yep. moved on from Anderson, but I still got a place in his heart. I know it does. Uh, so it's just, you know, we've got that, that feel to it, too. And just the whole uh, organic way that all that happened and – it's special, man. Uh, shout out to Rick. I don't know if he really even knows what a podcast is, but maybe he'll catch this and. Uh, Listen, maybe we he... can have him on at some point. Like that would be great too. We should definitely get Rick on the podcast. I, Rick's got some amazing stories. Uh, it might be a, a longer podcast than we want it to be because he'll just go on forever. But his stories are awesome. The uh, soccer connections that he has here in the Upstate, uh, and he's you know got his Bermuda, Bermuda ties. Uh, he's, he's, he's just a uh, full of knowledge, man. He would be awesome to have on. I'll definitely holler at him about that. I can guarantee you people would rather listen to Rick talk about soccer than me talk about soccer. So, uh, yeah, if we can have Rick on, that would be fantastic. I'll listen to it. <laughs> Likewise, I'll definitely give him a shout. So, uh, that being said, you know, what to expect from our podcast moving forward. I, I think, you know, we kind of dove into a little bit of everything today, um, my man Gio, you know, he, he already gave us a shout out uh, and I didn't even have like a, I don't even know how he knew that I was starting the page, but like he liked it and then retweeted and told people to follow it. And I hadn't even like made a handle yet and put stuff on. So I love Gio. That guy's awesome. But he wants to talk about FIFA one episode. So I'm for it, man. All about it. Very casual FIFA player myself. So yeah, we'll get, we'll get some, um, Hopefully we'll get some guests on, different folks from our supporters group, different folks from around the community, different coaches, uh, maybe some college coaches, 
and um, hopefully some players too. And then I'd love to get some collaboration with the other supporters groups and these other podcasts that are going on, you know, all around USL League One and just keep keep building the league together and uh, building a bigger supporter culture. Yeah, for sure. It's for the fans. It's for the culture. It's for the growth of the game. Um, and I think that's what we're going to strive to to do going forward. Uh, I'd also personally, I'd like to do a live pod if if it, it gets uh, to that point. You know, maybe at a at a Reedy River Riot tailgate or at an after party at a at a brewery. Uh, maybe get together and record one together with people around. Uh, talk about some wins. I think that would be fun as well. Yeah, man, that sounds awesome. Very cool. Um, so yeah, thanks for you know, partnering together on this. I know we've shot ideas about it back and forth and other folks have, have talked about it too. So look forward to getting everybody involved with this and uh, just keep it going. The shared stadium podcast. Uh, do we have an email address where people can contact us yet? I haven't got that far. We've just got the Twitter page. It's uh, I think it's gosh, I don't, it's like brand new. I don't even know. Yeah. I, I don't remember it either, but um, we will link it. Uh, I'll try to link it when I post the podcast itself. Um, we'll hopefully have an email address in the future. You can email us questions, uh, comments, hot takes, whatever you got. Um, if you want to reach out to me personally, uh, you know, you can reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is JB underscore N underscore SC. Uh, Brock, what's yours? I am. I was just looking at the shared stadium one. So I am at Brockness 16 on Twitter and the handle for the shared stadium podcast is at shared stadium. All right. Sounds good guys. Thanks for listening and we will talk at you next time. Have a good one.